You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome to the Horizons Church Podcast. This is episode two, and today I am joined by Pastor Fred Guidi, uh, who, if you don't know, is our uh, our resident executive and financial guy. Uh, so if you have not heard that name before, or you have no idea who I'm talking about, um, <laughs> Fred is the guy who works behind the scenes and makes sure that uh, we're staying afloat, right? Well, that's that, what you do. that, Josiah, thank you very much for that introduction. That, I really make sure that there's plenty of toilet paper in the bathrooms <laughs> and that there is soap in the dispenser. So uh, that's certainly something that's... that we don't take lightly here at Horizons Church. Uh, no, no, we do not. Um, and we're actually, we're kind of flipping the roles here today. Uh, normally, I'm going to be hosting and asking questions. Uh, but this time, we wanted to ask you, with your silky smooth radio voice, to come and ask me questions. Well, thank you so much for that. <laughs> thank you so much for that, Josiah. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I'm, I'm very grateful that you've asked me to join you today. We, um, we've got a very important topic, one that mm. uh, many questions are asked uh, from time to time and as part of our ongoing series. Um, about purgatory, actually. And ah, I think yes. it's important uh, for us to first understand what purgatory is and, and how it came about. Yes. Uh, so the question being, what is purgatory? Um, this is a question that, uh, especially in light of what Pastor Steve talked about this weekend, I think is important to have a an understanding of. Um, so if you actually look at the compendium of uh, the Catholic catechisms, what they actually say in there is that purgatory is the state of those who die in God's friendship, assured of their eternal salvation, but who still have need of purification to enter into the happiness of heaven. Uh, So in other words, according to the Catholic Church, purgatory is a place where Christians go after they die uh, in order to be further purified of uh, their sins uh, so that they can enter into God's presence in heaven. So in other words, basically the situation is you have uh, attachments still to sin after you die and you need to be cleansed of those. You need to be purged of them, purified. And uh, that's what happens in purgatory. And uh, yeah. Well, Josiah, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and you're very, very accurate in your description. As a young man in the Catholic Church, we believe, too, that as we, when we passed from uh, this mortal life, that we would find ourselves in purgatory, and that our uh, relatives and friends and and those left behind here on earth could help pray us out of purgatory, or they could in some way... um, Perhaps light candles, or there was some other act <laughs> yeah. that uh, would help us uh, help us leave purgatory and be in the full grace and presence of our Lord Jesus. Yeah, and uh, we're actually we're going to get into that even a little more here in a bit because that becomes really important for why we, you know, the the Protestant Church, uh, evangelical churches, don't believe. Um, in purgatory. How did so, all yeah. this get started? Where did this originate? So that's a very interesting question um, because the term purgatory never appears in Scripture. If you read your Bible, you, you'll never find the term purgatory. No, it, it's not mentioned. Um, now, that's not a cold-cut case against um, any doctrine because, okay, let's take, for instance, the Trinity, right? The uh, belief that there's one true God, 
but he exists in three distinct persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Well, the term Trinity doesn't show up in Scripture, right? No, no it doesn't. But the teaching clearly does, right? I mean, you Correct. see all throughout Scripture. Absolutely. I mean, you see in Genesis chapter 1, God says, let us make man in our image. Well, there's, I mean, there's an early reference right there to the Trinity. And you see all throughout Scripture that concept is taught. And so we use the term Trinity to capture the essence of that teaching that appears in Scripture. So just because the term purgatory doesn't show up in Scripture doesn't mean that it's not necessarily scriptural. However, <laughs> we got to look, like what you were saying, is where where does that teaching come from? And um, I think you can verify this. In the Catholic Church, you basically have three lines of authority. You have the Bible, right? That's correct. Which, by the way... Um, this would be another episode for another time, but they added a section of books called the Apocrypha that uh, we don't view as um, inspired scripture. And there's no evidence that, you know, church, you know, the church for thousands of years, um, the uh, aside from the Catholic church has ever viewed those books as inspired. So it's another story for another day, but it will play into uh, some of our discussion sure. here in a little bit. Um, so they have the Bible, right? Like mm-hmm. we do. We have the Bible. We, that's Absolutely. God's word. It's an authority. We go to it for all matters of life and faith. Um, however, they have another line of authority in church tradition, right? So they would look at what, you know, the Catholic church councils have said about issues, and they would view that as authoritative, right? Correct. Absolutely. Um and then the other authority that they have is the Pope. And they actually have this uh, nifty little doctrine called mm. ex cathedrae, mm. which is a Latin uh, phrase that means from the chair. And it means, right, that when the Pope speaks from his chair, from the, the papal throne, so to speak, Absolutely. what he says is infallible. Absolutely. Right? That's correct. Um, and so... And we were taught that. Yeah. And uh, so we... Um, we typically go by uh, scripture alone as our final authority. Solo um, scriptura. Yes. And uh, so so what happens here um, is that if you, you do research on this today, what you find is that um, a lot of the Catholic Church, they'll appeal to this obscure passage in a uh, book called Second Maccabees, which is part of that Apocrypha, that, uh, yes. that list of books that we don't use inspired. Yes. Um, in Second Maccabees twelve, and they'll, if you read it, I mean, you get this really, really tortured interpretation of this obscure passage that implies that um, maybe there's a way um, that people in the uh, after they die are in this place where they're uh, they can be prayed for um, and helped out of. Um, I believe some of the exact phrasing that happens um, is that some some person indicates he doesn't trust God completely. He dies, and his relative takes up a collection um, in the hopes that he can pray for this person. And that book says he did a noble thing in doing that. And mm-hmm. so the Catholic Church takes that, and they say, they interpret that and say, well, that shows purgatory, right? Right. And um, then they take all of the clear passages from the rest of Scripture to try to fit around that obscure passage, which we're going to get to why that's sure faulty here in a little bit. Um, so they take that and then they appeal to, um, tradition. I mean, this, this doctrine was first articulated at the council of lions in the middle ages. Yeah. In 1274. Certainly. Um, so that's where you get it first 
delineated and it becomes this kind of this issue for, um, you know, a papal bowl, mm. <laughs> um, you know, it becomes a, uh, an issue where, you know, the Pope said it, therefore it's true. <laughs> it's true. It has the full weight of the, <laughs> yes. uh... um, and because ex cathedra, um, and you just, you run into a lot of those kind of issues and that's, um, that's an extremely short, um, story about where, um, the short history of where, where they get it from. You know, there's an interesting add to that too. Catholic church wasn't the first organized religion to actually believe in an intermediary or an intermediate state. Um, early Buddhists believe, for example, there were other, uh, religions long before the Catholic church had adopted, uh, uh, this system of belief, um, before again, yeah. the, the middle ages. Right. And you see a lot of, um, kind of bizarre rites for the dead kind of religious behavior. Um, I mean, going back to like, you know, Greek, pagan, Roman yeah, times. Absolutely. Um, well before the church. Um, so there's there's just, there's a lot of weirdness happening outside <laughs> of the uh, the view of uh, scripture. But uh, that's the short story is they, they come to 2 Maccabees 12 and they try to try to prove the, uh, the doctrine of purgatory from there and go to church tradition and well, I think that, that. that leads us into this next question, Josiah. Um, why, as, as, as Protestants, what do we believe, and what is our <laughs> what is our yeah. position with respect to purgatory? Right. Yeah. That's that's the real question, and I think that's the big issue uh, for us. Because um, I mean, this this gets into kind of some tricky territory for us. Um, well, it does. So here's here's the big issue with purgatory. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to divide this up into two kind of broad areas, one that I've already hinted at. Um, the first is that the only way you get purgatory out of Scripture is through just bad Bible interpretation, <laughs> um, if I can twisted, say it that actually, way. Yes. Um, I, I said this earlier, you, you come to an obscure passage um, in, in 2 Maccabees 12 mm-hmm. that, you know, if... If you torture your interpretation of it, you could get the idea that a place like purgatory exists, where you're, you're, you have to be purified of sin um, and purified of your earthly attachments before you can actually enter into heaven. But the problem is, is that that's, when you're coming to the Bible and you're trying to interpret what the Bible says, one of the most basic fundamental rules of Bible interpretation or interpreting literature of any kind is you let clear passages and statements guide you. And you, you, tr- you, you do not try to make clear passages fit around unclear passages, um, which is exactly what happens with purgatory. So you take this tortured interpretation from 2 Maccabees 12, and then you try to make passages like 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 15 and following fit your interpretation of an obscure mm-hmm. passage. That's not, that's, that is not how you should interpret the Bible. No, no. Um, and just take, for instance, the Bible is pretty clear on what happens when a believer dies. Um, Paul says in Philippians one twenty three, when he's talking to the Philippian church, he's hard pressed between whether he should remain in his body, like stay alive to do ministry for them or whether he should, uh, die basically and depart and be with the Lord. 
Mm-hmm. So in other words, like he knows, like when when he dies, he's saying I, there's no, there's nothing in in that statement that says there's a place where Paul's going to have to go be purified no. for his earthly attachments Absolutely. before he's he's sure. going straight to God. Yeah. Which um, in the Catholic Church, you may argue, well, Paul was super holy and righteous and suffered a lot, so he didn't need to be purified. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you have another super clear passage in Second Corinthians five eight, which um, Steve uh, he touched on this passage in this weekend's message, Second Corinthians five. Where Paul says, um, if we are not in this body, it's better for us to not be in this body because we're, we're home with the Lord. We, we are home with the Lord. If we're not in this body, we are home with the Lord. Uh, which, that, again, that doesn't, there's no room in, the, in that clear statement. Well, you know, Josiah also, I mean, a thief on the cross, Jesus very clearly said, mm-hmm. today you will yeah. be with me in paradise. He did right. not say, today you're going to be in an intermediate intermediate state, and uh, at some point you'll be with me in paradise. Right. He simply said, today. So uh, yeah. I think that's rather clear as yeah. well. Yeah, and also you got a passage in Revelation where it says, um, blessed are those who die in the Lord, for they have entered rest from their labors. Absolutely. I mean, that doesn't, just yeah. the clear... You you go with the clear passages. Those are your barometers. So we believe Jesus' work on the cross was enough. Right, and that's that's the bigger issue that we, we got to get to is because um, the the real, I mean, I think the real, real crux of, of purgatory is that no matter how you really end up slicing it, um, what you get when you say that purgatory is a place where you go to be further purified of your earthly attachments and sins is that Jesus' death on the cross, the the very blood of God himself mm. is not enough to fully deal with sin. Wow. And uh, that, that becomes a pretty uh, major issue, <laughs> um, especially when... Um, you, indulgences play a part in purgatory, right? Um, Absolutely. And, um, indulgences, the idea of indulgences, especially um, if you've probably heard that term, if you've, you know, Certainly. I mean, we, we used to light a candle. I used to, when I was a small child, I used to take a portion of my allowance and I would put it in a offering bucket and I would light a candle for the soul of my dead grandmother. Right. And we were encouraged to do that, my brother and I, and, and we would have All Souls Day, which of course is a mm-hmm. is a is a holy day of obligation in the Catholic Church, where we would we would pray, we would meet and pray for the souls of the departed, in the hope that we could help pray them out of purgatory and into uh, into uh, uh, into heaven. Right, and see that's exactly the the big underlying issue of this whole thing is that um, effectively what you're saying is you can the the kind of cute funny saying about indulgences you can pay and pray your way mm. out of purgatory right mm. that's the um but the whole idea is that um you know Jesus's blood Jesus's death Jesus's sacrifice wasn't really enough no to completely cleanse you and purify you and remove your sin however however <laughs> if you however. if you uh get an, an indulgence and you know you have um you know, St. Peter, his blood, or St. Paul, his, you know, his blood, his sacrifice, you, you say prayers, you do enough good works. Well, that might be enough mm. to help you out of purgatory. Um, and so uh, what what you really, what you end up saying, I mean, the big issue is that Jesus's blood really isn't enough, but 
um, the Catholic term for this is the treasury of the church. They come to, you know, we have the we giving have this, of alms. Yes. Um, that, you know, you can, you can basically draw from this treasury and the riches of, of the, uh, the saints and their blood that they will be able to help get you, um, out of purgatory. And that just becomes a huge issue because you, now you're saying Jesus's blood isn't enough. Yeah. Now you're saying, and why? Why in the name of all that is holy would Jesus want to come and suffer and die on a cross if you can be if you can be prayed out of purgatory anyway? If you can if you can do your own, if you you can be purified in a place called purgatory of your sins and your attachments, why in the name of all that is good would Jesus come? And die and suffer on a cross. Yeah. Why? When, when that I, just, sacrif- I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to um, me either. I mean, when that sacrifice is simply enough, and yet there needs to be additional sacrifices, um, Jesus, uh, Jesus's exclamation that it is finished. Yes. Yeah. It's it's paid in full. It's right? paid That's in full. I, <laughs> that works for me. I, yes. I don't. Uh, I don't think anything else is required. Yes. So the um, and I mean, you even again, you have passages like Hebrews ten fourteen, which says. Through a single sacrifice, mm. Jesus has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. In other words, those who whose faith is in Him. That seems pretty cut. Yeah. That seems pretty clear. That's enough for me. Um, and mm. uh, so um, that's that's why we um, that's why we don't believe and teach purgatory, and that's where the split happened. You know, yeah. back in the uh, with the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s, um, yeah, we 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 really when we say that the blood of Jesus, that His death is sufficient to remove your sin. Again, back to uh, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he mm. said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes, takes away, away the, the sin of, of the, the world. world." We believe that. Yes, um, absolutely. We believe He covers it and takes it away. Fully and completely. Amen. He's perfected it and, and, and once thank and for you, all. And thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Yep. Amen for that. Thank I don't you. want to burn it up in purgatory. <laughs> no, get, I'd be there for a long time if that. <laughs> There's had not to enough be, money uh, out there to buy me out case. of it. So, um, so yeah. So that's the that's the uh, the the shortish, longish uh, story on purgatory, uh, what it is, and why we uh, why we we believe what we believe. Uh, we really believe Jesus enough. Josiah, thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm sure that's cleared up a, a number of questions that people have. I, I know that there are those that will uh, that would like to debate this further, but I think yeah. that that's a, a very, very good response to those that ask uh, that, that its origins, what it means, where it came from, and, and why we don't participate in that belief system. Yeah. And thank you so much for that today. Of course, and if I get any angry emails... I'll be sure to forward them on to uh, to you, and Thank uh, we'll you. put them to you, and we'll get lots of people seeing your face. And what is that email? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yes, uh, at Horizons Church. Yes. Um, what is and, and for those that that have questions about future uh, podcasts or ideas, uh, what's that email address yeah, again, Josiah? So, uh, so here's the cool thing, everybody. Um, if you have a question that you'd like us to maybe tackle uh, in this podcast, hmm. uh, you can email us now at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And uh, we'll go through that, and uh, who knows, maybe uh, your question will be the next one that uh, 
we try to tackle here on the podcast. I would certainly so, hope so. So yeah, thank yeah. you so very much for tuning in with us today, and we hope that you'll continue to listen to these podcasts as they develop each week. Josiah, yep. thank you so very much no, for allowing hey. me on today. Yeah, no, thank you, Fred, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.